Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Matchball. The Matchball 30 brought to you by Levi Solicitors. That 10% discount still available for you. LeviSolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Hello. I'm Dan Moylan and I'm joined by Michael Normanson. Hello. And Moscow White's Daniel Chapman. Hello. Look at that. It's 1991, the turn of the year. That's exciting, isn't it? Look at it now. It's all new and different. What was Christmas number one? Should have probably looked this up. <laughs> Straight in with the fucking question. It's not my fault. It only just came to me. I think it's going to be um, Betty Boo doing the do. I'm going to go Jive Bunny. I should have known this because it came up in a family Christmas Zoom quiz that we did a little while ago, but it was Cliff Richard's Saviour's Day. That's dreadful, isn't it? Can we go back to 1990? Well, I mean, if we hang tight for next year, we got Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Marginal improvement. You should put some money on that if that's what you're predicting. I'm like Biff in uh, Back to the Future. I've got the almanac. That's what's going on here. Um, Right then, let's crack on with this then and and Liverpool away. And this is going to be a piece of piss, isn't it? Because we've not lost a game in 14 and we're dead good and we're going to probably win the league on our first attempt after we've been promoted because we're Leeds United and we are undefeatable. Liverpool are the reigning champions and also doing quite a good impression of being undefeatable. But Howard Wilkinson did see some optimism when um, Liverpool did win their first game. I can't remember who the first team to beat them was, but um, but Wilco did chirp up, said that, um, well, Liverpool have set the highest standards. We can sense now that even the mighty are fallible. Liverpool are only human and there is hope for every human, which is a, a good New Year's message from Wilco. As we hit the bleakest month of the year, there is hope out there. It's not as desperate as it all looks like. Well, let's run through those those teams then. And um, some familiar names in the Leeds United lineup. You'll know them by now. Lukic in goal, Mel Sterling, Glyn Snodding, Chris Fairclough, Chris White. Midfield is Gordon Strachan, Gary McAllister, Gary Speed, David Batty, Carl Schott and Lee Chapman up front with Sir Michael Whitlow and John Pearson on the bench. They're becoming a regular fixture on the bench, those two, aren't they? Uh, Liverpool, Bruce Grobelart in goal. We've got Steve Staunton, Glenn Hussain, David Burrows, Steve Knuckle, it's not sustainable. Gary Gillespie, Ray Houghton, Steve McMahon, John Barnes, Ian Rush, Ronnie Rosenthal, and um, a peak powers kind of Liverpool vibe about this, actually, you know, all joking aside. Peak powers with David Burrows in the team? I'm not having that. He's, is, a Co- he's a Coventry player. It is absurd sometimes when you look through the list of players Liverpool actually had that they were actually this good. But their record at the moment, they did just lose uh, as we were beating Wimbledon Liverpool were losing 1-0 away to Crystal Palace. Ian Wright, I think he dribbled around David Burrows and then set up Mark Bright. Um, but that's the a rare defeat for them. And certainly at Anfield, 
they don't lose. Hmm. Not for a long while. What is it? 14 months since they've been defeated at Anfield in either league or cup. It doesn't bode that well. And they, they went through 1990 as the only team in all four divisions to score in every single one of their home games. Their home record in the league and cup this season is uh, 1-9, drawn one, lost none. But we're good as well, so fuck them. Coming at a period as well when it's worth saying Liverpool have been winning everything for a, well over a decade by this point. About 20 years yeah. they've been kind of one of the best teams, haven't they? So it's a tough ask probably. I mean, I do remember being mildly terrified by the concept of Liverpool at this point. As a newly promoted team, when you've you know witnessed the dirge of the 80s, Division 2 1980s at Ellen Road, and then suddenly you find yourself at the start of the 1990s and you're at Anfield against these lot. And there's, what, 37,000 people there? Our form did get some uh, some people excited before this, though, because we are um, unbeaten ourselves in League and Cup for 14 games. We panned out 4-1 against Chelsea, 3-0 against Wimbledon. Over Christmas, we do keep getting the early goal, goals and winning. And there was some speculation in the build-up for this match, or some hype saying Wilco is going to KO Kenny, Kenny Dalglish, the, uh, the manager of Liverpool, and that it was all there for us to do. And we started well. I mean, we look like champions. Start whistling for full time in these early moments. Get it over with. We'll take the point. I mean, you say early stages. They they did score after seven minutes. Be- very early stages. Very early. The opening opening the seconds. Opening, the opening exchanges. It's like when the two pawns swap over at the start of a chess game. That's what they do, isn't it? They call it swapping. We were literally good for five minutes, but that's better Story than Story of my life, eh? Yeah, there we go. Apart from the good bit. Um, yeah, it's not a great goal, is it, to concede? Strachan can't be done with done dirty by Burrows like this, can he? He talks about this in his um, his column later, saying that as far as he was concerned, he did everything right. He thought he'd it stood David Burrows up. It's, it's sort of the right back position. I don't know where Mel Sterland has gone at this point, um, and he thought there's no way Burrows can go to my left. He can't go to my right. So the one thing he didn't think he would be able to do was nutmeg him. And he said sometimes you've just got to say the other player has done very, very well. And it is an overall defensive failure on this as well, because as you say, Mel Sterland is, well, just about comes into picture, doesn't he, by the end of it when he's crossing it in. And then it looks like Lukic might get to it, and it looks like Chris White might get to it, and it just goes past everyone to John Barnes who taps it in. Do you know what I noticed about this is that Liverpool seem dead good at like passing to each other really quickly with power, you know, like good football. And it's where they are at the top end as well. We may mock players like defensive coach Steve Staunton, David Burrows, Glenn Hussain, um, Steve Nicol, Gary Gillespie was never really, a he never really looked like a proper footballer, but when that cross comes in, it does miss Ronnie Rosenthal and Ian Rush, who were both in our six-yard box, and then it is John Barnes at the back post, and that's not a bad three players to be coming in on a, on a cross. John Barnes is good. We can say that, can't we? We can. In fact, again, Strachan's assessment after this game was that there is not a better player in Britain at this point. We will get there in due course when they come back to Ellen Road, but he was brilliant in this season. And again, you talk about Liverpool terrifying you. It was players of Barnes's calibre who did that. And we will find out later in the season, sorry, spoiler alert, that he's going to rip us a new one at Ellen Road. For a bit anyway. But Me- this Meanwhile, sorry. it's um, it's Steve Staunton and David Burrows that we, that we have to worry about. And Strachan, actually in this game, He's not good. He has had a, um, I think it's a calf strain that's been bothering him through Christmas, but this match he's just not not up to it. And that means because um, he takes so much of the responsibility of the team, David Batty, who, you know, he's in his first half of the season of top division football, is bereft. Gary McAllister, who 
we forget sometimes that he was in the first division for Leicester in the middle of the 1980s. So he does have some experience in, in these venues that the rest of the team does not. He's kind of battling on his own, but we're nowhere in this first half. Particularly when it comes to the second goal. I mean, what can you do about this? If there perhaps was a video compilation out at these times on VHS that you might have been bought for Christmas, probably next Christmas now, given the timing of this, this would have been on it, wouldn't it? Danny Baker chirping away about how funny this was. I mean, you say, what can you do about it? But we could have tried to stop him shooting. We more or less just allow him to do what he wants as a shot. The finish is, I mean, I think the commentator describes it as making his own, that's him all over or something, making his own look. You think playing a one-two off the post into the keeper's head, it's yeah, not really a... For the benefit of, of this being an audio medium, then describe the goal. I mean, Rosenthal does look very dangerous every time he picks up the ball in this game, to be fair, and he's running at us here. He's running at us on the edge of the box. He has a shot. It's a good shot, but it hits the post. Lukic is half turning around. It hits him in the face, stroke arms, and just rolls into the net. Lukic has dived to try and save the shot that's curled around him. It's not like he just stood there <laughs> and then the ball came out and, and whacked him. And it's Clive Tildesley doing the commentary on that. And he does he does claim that Ronnie Rosenthal has somehow magically made this happen with his own his own look. I think the build-up, there is, as you pointed out, Dan, some very efficient kicking the ball hard at each other from the, the Liverpool players. And I noticed, um, we couldn't see Mel Sterling for the first goal. Glenn Snodden has just completely disappeared. It's, it's really a goal that, if Mike Whitlow wasn't sitting on the bench, maybe we would have had a chance of, of stopping this one. But Chris Fairclough and Chris White, bless them, do not look good when somebody like Ronnie Rosenthal is running at them with the ball. And David Batty is another one who, you know, you don't really know where he's gone at this point. I think we've been we've been caught out big style. And you forget that back then, there wasn't really that many players who would run at you and attack with pace, whereas Liverpool had them in an abundance, whereas... The rest of the division didn't really. There were a lot of kind of workmanlike players in Division 1 back then, whereas Rosenthal was just that little bit different and slightly more exotic. He's not at Roy Wegley's level of dribbling, but he is. Um, he does love to just get his head down and run. Do you reckon Steve Nicol was against these foreigners bringing this to the league? This <laughs> running and dribbling and fast passing? No need for it, is there? It's not the, uh, not the British way of doing things, is it? One thing I do like slash vexes me about these these couple of goals that you see in this uh, in this first half is that is it the Anfield Road end that um, behind the goal? I do lose track of it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's where di- the away fans are, opposite the cup. Yeah, as it is now, it's divided into two uh, straight in a straight line down behind the goal, isn't it? And to the right are the Liverpool fans, but it looks like it's terracing still at this stage. And then to the left of it is the Leeds fans. But if you look, when these goals hit the net, there's somebody in the gangway, the entranceway, right at the front, but about maybe six or seven feet inside the Leeds part of it, jumping up and down. And... One doesn't wish to indulge in stereotypes, but you can see very clearly, even though it's grainy VHS footage, that this is a person in a shell suit. It's a pink and purple shell suit, possibly because I had one of my own back at this time. I had one that said, um, it had a a sort of a crazy design on it that said, the kids are all right. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell from the way the uh, the material just sort of billows in the wind, but yeah, Scousers in shell suits, you can see them behind the goal. We do have a little bit of a chance though, just after half time, sort of. Well, we hit the bar. We get better in the second half. We don't just suck it up. I think Wilco has reminded them that the, there is a game out there to be had and that um, there is hope for every human. I don't know if that that can work every single time as a half-time team thought, but Glyn Snodin um, is a human and he does uh, almost Rosenthal-esque, running from left back to the, the middle of the pitch and smashing a long-range shot. He's about 30 yards out and he hits the bar. It's not to be sniffed at. Beats Bruce Grobelar, all ends up an unlucky not to get a goal, and we have a few other chances. Speed and Chapman go go close, and Chapman actually 
should have scored, but for a, a remarkable intervention by a Liverpool defender. By the name of? Stevie. Steve Nickel. It's the Steve Nickel miracle, if, as uh, the commentator describes it. There's it no such thing as miracles. If you go fast forward this... Th- Don't go to Lord, kids. You're all going to die. <laughs> 30 years fast forward and you'll become a dour pundit on the, on the ESPN network, Steve. So uh, enjoy it while you can. It is excellent. Yeah, I have to have said, he's, he's completely off balance as well because he's gone in for the, to challenge for it in the first place and it's... It looks like it's almost certain to go in, but well, the lead, you can hear, you can hear the Leeds fans cheering and celebrating it as it's as it's rolling towards the goal. Like that woman would let it drag him out of a pond. He drags the ball off the line. It's we've we've gone long to Chapman, which um, is always a good default position for Leeds, and um, it actually it's Carl Short who flicks it onto him, and the ball kind of drops between uh, Chapman and Grobola. It looks like Chapman just manages to get a, a foot on it near the the penalty area, near the penalty spot. Sorry. And just as it's it's going over the line with a bit of pace on it, yeah, Steve Nickel hooks it off, and I think that would have been two one at a point when we were actually getting back into the game. Um, we'd had we'd had a foothold, hadn't we? But there was a bit more evenness to it. It wasn't completely one way traffic. And Whitlow's still on the bench as well. You've got to remember that two one with him with Whitlow warming up, and he does come on. And I think the uh, the context will probably give away the uh, the ending right now when we say against the run of play comes Liverpool's third goal in the last minute. And it's Rosenthal again, absolutely bearing down on us in a terrifying manner. See, I remember Rosenthal at Spurs more than Liverpool. When did he get slow? Because he's ridiculously quick in this, or are we ridiculously slow and not bothering to run? Well, I mean, the player he outpaces first is Strachan, who is 40, at least. Maybe not that old, I think he's just turned 34. So that's not too much of a challenge. And then he finds uh, Fairclough kind of, runs towards him because he's not going down the left wing towards Sterling. He's coming towards the It's, like the, the, it's like the inside left channel, isn't it? Yeah. You describe it as. Fairclough comes rushing out and he sort of ends up on the turn. So he's, it, it's a turning Fairclough that he, that he beats. But he doesn't score. But future Leeds United right winger Ian Rush does. It's a shit finish as well. Lukic should save it. Goes underneath him, doesn't it? And it's not particularly well hit. I still don't want to give Ian Rush any credit. I know he, I'm aware he's got about a, a thousand goals, but Still shit. Rosenthal has kind of overrun it at the end, which was is maybe something you would associate with his time at Tottenham. I mean, very much if you ever saw Darren Huckabee play, bombing forward, head down, and just kind of kicks the ball out of his own reach. And that's when Ian Rush appears, controls, hits it under Lukic, and then turns away to celebrate with his back to Ronnie Rosenthal, which <laughs> even as somebody with, with no interest in Liverpool whatsoever, no particular horse in this race, other than ad- admiring a, a good team at the height of its powers, I did think, you didn't make that goal, you, you thieving little goal-hanging bastard. Go and sort your moustache out and go and say thank you. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Thoughts from this one overall, then? Are we thoroughly disappointed, or do we take this one on the chin? We're not going to win the league, are we? That's a bit of a shame. Right. I mean, Crystal Palace beat them. Palace are third. We're fourth. Wilco, in the end, he, he was kind of, um, those quotes about there's hope for every human after Liverpool got beat came after their first defeat of the season. Palace was their third defeat, and he was a little bit different about that one before the game, saying he thought they would be uh, upset and annoyed and recognise that a, a team is professional and is used to winning as Liverpool wouldn't stand for that. And we, we basically bore the brunt of their reaction. Your classic bounce-back thrashing. They were at their Sunday best says Howard, which is probably a compliment to us. And um, there was quite a theme of that. Everybody, I had a look at the Liverpool Echo match reports for this one and it was a very much a case of Liverpool a bang back to their championship winning best. Such um, a special team. And had to be in, and Howard says, we suffered a lesson in how to respond to a defeat that was probably as good as Liverpool have played for a long time. And more importantly, it was probably as mean as they have been for some time. And in the right sense, as aggressive too. We started very well, probably too well, but the positive side of our game, our personality and character drained away too quickly in the first 20 minutes. They're just good. Yeah, and this is the thing about when you are a newly promoted side and you need to adjust to playing in these arenas for the first time and, and a great many of our squad, whilst they were you know, with first division experience, not like this, not under this stage. No, and I like um, some Wilkinson's other comments about, because with this game coming, as the first match of 1991 on the first day of a new year as well. There's a lot of kind of how far Leeds have come. And he, he did say he was glad to be playing Liverpool on this New Year's Day rather than 12 months earlier before we even had, um, Lee Chapman hadn't even signed at, at that point. He said that we're, Leeds have come a lot further, but he says um, there's a long way to go. Everyone compares you with Liverpool, but they forget there is a 20-year time lag. And so everyone is attempting to do something quicker than it can possibly be done. People just do not have the patience to see the job through and probably more importantly, the determination or the guts. Ironic that, isn't it? Because you'd normally think that Liverpool will be 20 years behind everyone else, eh? But um, there we go. It is a good point about yeah. promoted teams though and trying to... He was saying as well that he'd, he'd have been happy if we were 10th. He didn't believe in setting targets because you're just um, causing problems for yourself if you say at the start of the season in public, oh, we're going to do X and Y, you... You have to live up for it. He said, if we'd been 10th, he wouldn't have been upset and we're fourth and people saying that we should be beating the league champions. But it's not as easy as that seems to be is Wilco's main message. And the thing is now to have the, the guts to come back from a defeat like this, the way that Liverpool came back from their defeat and do the job properly to the end of this season and the end of the next season and the seasons after that. It makes a good point, actually, because if you think about how Leeds United 2020 is approaching promotion to the top flight. You kind of don't really have a fixed expectation, do you? Whereas like next season's target will be determined by where we finish this season. You hope that progress will be uh, the thing that you see. I mean, it were, there were different times when the, the gulf was not quite as ridiculous as it is now. The people, there was an, It wasn't considered ridiculous that we were in the top half of the, of the league, was it, at this stage? Whereas I think these days, if you were fourth in your first season up, people would consider it a miracle. 
Uh, well, well, it would be. We are doing well to be ahead of, I mean, Scum then are still, they've only just decided against sacking Alex Ferguson, but they're a very expensive team. And Terry Venables, Tottenham Hotspur, cost an absolute fortune as well. So, and Crystal Palace have kind of been, they were promoted a couple of seasons before us and do just seem to have some kind of top flight alchemy. Arsenal's record this season that they're one fourteen drawn seven, lost none, only conceded 10 goals in 21 games does suggest that the top two who have been swapping the title between them for the last two years are kind of far above everyone else. But if you think about it, if we were, if we were to get George Graham as manager though and get Ian Rush up front, think how good we'd be then. You'd have all the important ingredients then, wouldn't you? But you, no, you, make, you make a very good point actually because when you look at this table, it is starting to stretch at the top, isn't it? And that, I mean, that record from Arsenal, 21 games and still unbeaten is, is crazy and I mean and conceded only 10 goals which are flagged up in the last couple of weeks and that's, with, that's um, wild and that's with Tony Adams being in jail for part of this as well I'm pretty sure so it's um they're doing uh, remarkably well but the below it is where the um, um the bunching is and where the opportunities are and Wilkinson isn't about to be fooled on on that either he did say he said actually speaking before the Liverpool game that the players can feel I'm happy with what has happened so far, but we still have a lot to do. And more important than that, the club still have a lot to do because the team at the end of the day is a reflection of the attitudes and thoughts within the club. You can go on thinking third or fourth place is very acceptable and be happy enough with that. But if you do, you could in three years time suddenly find yourself being relegated. So the top end of this division is Arsenal at the top. They've got 49 points from their 21 games. They've had that points deduction following the brawl with Man United. Liverpool back on their coattails after this um, defeating of us with 21 on the board, uh, 21 games played, sorry, uh, 15 wins, three draws, three defeats, 48 points. So they're close. And then there's a six-point gap now to Palace, who are in third on 42 points. I mean, if you look at that, two points per game for Palace is not bad at all. And yet, you know, you can see the quality of those top two. But Palace, this is one of the significant results of uh, this particular weekend, are losing to Aston Villa at Villa Park, two goals to nil. So it's given us a chance at least to stay in touch. And we remain in fourth on 39 points from 21 games. Fifth, Man United with 36 points. Spurs, 33. Man City, 32. Down towards Forest with 30 points. They're in eighth position. And they had result of the weekend, which was a 6-2 victory away to Norwich City. That's a bit mad, isn't it? Imagine winning 6-2 or losing 6-2. So some of the little details we took out of this then, that you saw Liverpool's kind of confident, aggressive play. What did we lack, you think? I think um, a talismanic player under the age of 30 would help. I think, you know, Strachan has been absolutely superb this season, but he just, he's not been uh, fully fit for the last few games. And if he's not ticking players like Batty and Speed, don't have the experience alongside a midfield to to be able to dominate against a, a team like this. And then it does expose a few of the weaknesses at the, the back. I think that you know, if a player is running out with pace, Fairclough and White are just going to panic a little bit. And then Sterland as well, who's been on a hot scoring streak, unable to stop David Burrows, of all people, um, down his wing. And Glyn Snodding, uh, this week's left back. You've got to be looking at Mike Whitlow to start the next game if uh, if Steve Staunton is running rampant down that side. Laughing at this performance today in the context of us being linked to Terry Butcher earlier in the season. I mean, imagine Ronnie Rosenthal bearing down on him. Well, I mean, Peter Haddock, who uh, is still trying to come back from that awful tackle at Sunderland, was Chris Fairclough's partner in central defence in our promotion season. 
just about six months ago, uh, seven or eight months ago at this point. And he may have something to say about the, the Chris White, Chris Fairclough partnership if um, if it's as easy to kind of uh, just run straight at us and score as, as this looks. And I think Chris White may now have passed his um, disciplinary points, so we'll need somebody else at um, centre-back in the coming games. But the coming games, they're just so confused anyway. The, the Cups are starting to um, to bear down on us as, as well. The FA Cup, the Rumbleos Cup and the Zenith Data Systems Cup are all happening over the next um, month. So there's, um, it's the January is the, the time that Wilkinson was looking ahead to kind of after the Liverpool game. That's when we'll find out what kind of first division team Leeds United really are. Yeah, when you look at it, I mean, January, not that many league fixtures lined up for us, really. We've only got sort of maybe three in there, tops. Um, we've got this Barnsley uh, Cup game coming up next weekend, or, or well, five days from now, actually, January 6th. A tie that Wilkinson absolutely despised the concept of. <laughs> and then we have uh, we don't have a league game until we go to Carrow Road on January 12th. So we've got a good 11-day 11, 11 uh, gap. And this is a time as well when you, you played your first team, basically, in everything. Yeah, one thing we will uh, have to be careful of is um, fatigue and fixture pile-up. And just be glad that we don't have to go to Anfield again, I think. Dylan Kerr is available, isn't he? Simon Grayson. Doing well in the reserves, got to be. And uh, there's always um, Chris O'Donnell can fill in at centre-half if necessary. But this game perhaps then just exposing the slight weakness in our squad, or better way to put it, showing the distance that we need to close if we are to become champions anytime soon. It looks a long way off after that. Well, back along the M62, tails between our legs, but we will regroup and we will go next time. We'll speak to you in a bit. Bye-bye. The Match Ball. 